Fading Memories is sponsored by I'm Up. I'm Up is an app that gives you independence, security, and peace of mind. Find it in your favorite app store and use invite code 006 when you sign up. Welcome to Fading Memories, a supportive podcast for those of us caring for a loved one with memory loss. Hey, did you call and check in with mom this morning? No, I thought it was Pam's turn this morning. Do you know where my laptop is? Why are mornings so crazy? Ah, these daily phone calls are getting complicated and we're all forgetting whose day it is to call and check in. I'll call mom from the car as I head into work. That way, if we get into a conversation, it won't make me late or any crazier than I already feel. Oh, don't forget to give the dog his pills. Sounds good. Who's going to call Pam and figure out whose day is whose again? Ah, there has to be a better way than this. Welcome back. If you didn't listen to last week's episode with Janice Swink, definitely go back and listen to that one first because this is part two. I had a great and lengthy conversation with Janice and I just couldn't cut it to make it into one episode. So this is part two. Janice is a woman living with mixed dementia and it's very important to her to share the message of what it's like to live with dementias or Alzheimer's. Let's jump back into part two. I hope you enjoy. Mm-hmm. Uh, another issue for people, and I've noticed this more so with people with FTD, is that we don't like debates. I don't know what it is, if it's uh, the water touching my skin, uh, but I have friends that have FTD that say the same thing. Bathing is a huge issue. And I'm not sure about other types of dementia, if it is as well, but I do know that that's very common in people with FTD. We just don't like it, don't want to do it. And uh, my husband has to remind me because I could just go and not even think about it. You know, that's typical. We went through something similar with my mom. I. I take a lot of photographs of her. I am actually a professional photographer. And when my dad passed away, I realized, well, one, we hadn't done their annual Christmas photo because he'd been in the hospital. And so that was kind of painful. But it dawned on me that if I didn't take pictures of her and we didn't have a a physical record of her, Mm-hmm. that way that she would essentially disappear in the family history when my dad disappeared, you know, or died. And so I, I made it a point to take pictures of her and I still do. But over the summer, I kept noticing she kept wearing the same three quarter length sleeve sweater. Every yeah. time I was there, she's yeah. wearing that sweater. And as I mentioned, I take her out a lot. And I see her on Mondays. Tuesday, I jump in my car to go to the gym. And I thought, man, my car smells like old lady nursing home. It was bad. Yeah. And so when I went the following Monday, I asked them, I said, is she giving you a hard time about changing clothes? Because she's had that sweater on like seven out of the eight times I've been here. And the gal said, oh, yeah, she's giving us a hard time about showering. One of the issues was they had had a big turnover in residence and they for whatever reason, rearranged the shower schedule. And so she, instead of in the morning, they were doing it in the afternoon. And I said, no, 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 no. Mom was never an afternoon shower. If it didn't happen before lunch, it just didn't happen. Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty much the same way. So they moved, her back. they moved her back to the morning. 
But the gal that's in charge of showers for her has learned that when she gets to work, she's off at 2.30, so whatever hour she gets to work, 6.30, she gets there very early. One of the uh, mom's shower day, the first thing she does is go in and tell my mom, oh, good morning, blah, blah, blah. You know, we're going to do a shower today. Because if my mom gets up and puts on any clothing, she will not, she will not consent to a shower. And so it's, it's a challenge. Yeah, it um, is. And one of the things, I think it was September or October's support group, I asked them, you know, I said, having an issue with getting my mom to change clothes and the, the staff, the caregivers are having a hard time. And so they said, you know, to limit the amount of clothing in her closet, which is a very obvious answer, but her closet went from huge at home to this tiny little closet where she lives now. So to me, we'd already reduced it tremendously. Yeah. Once I took out, um, it must've been in October because I took out all of the short sleeve t-shirts all the summery clothes um I took the sweater that <laughs> she wore constantly <laughs> and um she was we went out one day and she had a blouse on and it's so big she just she looked like she picked through the you know the donated bag clothes and I'm like yeah. no, you know I my sister and I take good care of mom I prefer her not to look like the bag lady so I brought that one home and what's interesting is she does not remember my dad died. She does not remember that the dog doesn't live with her anymore, but she remembered that dang sweater. <laughs> I'm like, and there's no rhyme or reason to our brains. No, there's it's just, not. It's fascinating. It's frustrating and fascinating. And I always tell people, you know, it's, I didn't get upset about the sweater. I, I laugh at it like you did because you know, what else can you do? And, um, we're, we're okay with wearing the same clothes for days. Well, we that's are. A, it was a nice, and, um, pretty sweater, comfortable. Yeah. But she was wearing it when it was 110 degrees. Oh, that's another thing that is so affected is our, our uh, my body, my brain cannot regulate my body temperature very well. Uh, I'm either freezing or burning up. Uh, I'll put a house coat on and take it off 15, 20 times a day. I'm sitting here now with a wool Italian uh, beanie hat on because my head stays cold. Uh, my hands, it's hard to get them warmed up. And it's just like I'll sit there and have cold chills. And, mm. and then I'll be perspiring. I mean, it cannot regulate it anymore. And I know I've heard caregivers say... It's a it's ninety eight degrees outside. They're sitting there wrapped up in a blanket and a heavy house coat. What is wrong? What can I do? You can't do nothing because that's how our brains are working. And so you get like overly cold even when it's hot out. Mm -hmm. yeah. Interesting because I'm pretty careful. Over the summer, I took my mom to different places, and you know. I don't know about Louisville, but where we're at, it gets very hot, but it's very dry. Yeah, we have a lot of humidity. Yeah, we, we hardly breathe. <laughs> we don't even get humidity when it rains. So uh -huh. That is how dry it is. So I make sure, like, and I try not, you know, if she's dressed and she's dressed appropriately, but it's mismatched, I don't make her change or anything because that's just not nice. <clears throat> but if she was wearing that sweater and I knew we were going out to the regional park, 
I would make her put on something lighter because I didn't want her to overheat and get dehydrated or, right. you know, because that can cause all kinds of problems with your yes. mind. Yes, so. it can. Um, it's just, there's no rhyme or reason to any of this. Um, there just isn't. I always say it's just, for me, it's like being on the wildest roller coaster ride I could ever imagine. And, um, Though there are those that cannot speak out about what's happening to them and stuff or their feelings about it. And that's why I continue also to advocate is I feel like I'm, I'm advocating for them as well. And um, we've all got a story to tell, but some aren't able to mm-hmm. tell it. Uh, some lose their ability to speak. Um, that's common, uh, surgeries for us can, um, the anesthesia can make us progress when we come out from under it, like anywhere up to six years, progress Mm -hmm. that far ahead. There's, uh, people with dementia, when they come out from under anesthesia, they can no longer walk or talk or eat. Um, so it's very important that anesthesiologists uh, can uh, are aware of this and what other types of drugs or whatever they can use for us that will not put us into such a stupor, I guess, or whatever it's called, uh, because... Um, you just, you don't know. Now, my husband and I, after I was diagnosed, we went to our attorney and we got medical directives and our will. We got everything done and he knows my wishes. I don't want any artificial means to keep me here because it's not going to change the outlook for me and it just prolongs it. Uh, a friend of ours was diagnosed with uh very aggressive uh, bladder cancer, Oof. and uh, she chose not to go through any type of treatment because she had FTD, and she knew she was going to die from it, and that this was just, you know, she accepted it. But you don't, um, you don't get out of this life alive. That's what my no, mom has always said. No, nope. um, I'm her healthcare power of attorney. My sister and I are dual trustees on their for their trust. Mm-hmm. but I'm the one that gets to do all the health stuff. Yeah. And I think that was smart on my dad's part. I'm the older of the two. I think I already mentioned that. And I'm not going to do anything, you know, even if she gets pneumonia, I might just yeah. call hospice because yeah. she told me a long time ago, I don't want to end up like my mother. Uh, well, guess what? I knew at the time she said that she was already going down that path. And as hard as it will be, you know, I don't, I know she didn't want to end up like her mom. She didn't want to be a burden to my sister and I, and she didn't want to end up having to live in a care residence. So all of these things have happened. I'm going to have to remember what she wants Mm -hmm. and I'm probably going to have to ignore my sister because I think my sister, it's interesting. I would think my sister would be on the same page, but I have a feeling 
that if it's something that's easily fixed, she'll be like, no, just give her the antibiotics and just fix her. But we both know because of our grandmother what happens. Mm -hmm. And it's like, if I can avoid mom ending up in a vegetative state before she goes, that's a lot less cruel than just saying, oh, well, it's pneumonia, just call hospice. Because that does sound sounds horrible but I know that's what she'd want that's you know we know the outcome what's going to happen to us and uh my husband knows I under no circumstances want a feeding tube uh those are actually painful from what I understand there's no purpose in it because why prolong me laying here or whatever Mm -hmm. and uh he said that would be the hardest thing for him would be to watch me start more or less I think when you get to the I I think when you get to that point your body is already shutting down yeah it is my my husband and I have a friend whose husband had cancer and Alzheimer's and he was in a board and care home and she instructed the staff that they could help him eat but they could not actually feed him like a baby now I'm gonna have to see if she'll be on the podcast with me one of these days because I don't know, I mean, how do you go about that? I mean, if he's still physically doing things, you can't just not feed him. So I'm assuming he got to the point where he couldn't feed himself and there was other problems. I know she would go visit him and he'd smile at her, but he didn't remember who she was. And we've talked a little bit about the end for him. A lot of problems with the food thing when we get to that point is that we can't swallow. Mm-hmm. You lose your ability to swallow. I get choked sometimes. It's like I've got food here, but I don't know what I'm supposed to do with it. That's I can't reason out that I need to swallow it. Uh, there for a while, I was cramming like big chunks of meat in my mouth, and I got choked really bad my husband had to do the Heimlich on me and it was just like I couldn't reason out to take a small bite I put a big chunk of ham in my mouth and tried to swallow it not even chew it that sounds tricky I mean it's it's just you know and we can we can lose our ability to swallow and if we can what we're trying maybe trying to get down we can um Oh, what is the word? It'll go into our lungs instead. Right, aspirate. Right, and then have pneumonia, get pneumonia from that. So mm-hmm. I don't want to be in a hospital hooked up to IVs and a ventilator and a feeding tube. And No, just let me go. I told my husband, if you did that to me, I would haunt you the rest <laughs> of your life. That's what I've said to my husband because <laughs> he gets all worried if I, you know, sometimes I'm talking, blah, 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 blah. And all of a sudden it was like, what was the point I was going to make? Which is very common. People don't need to panic about that one. Um, you said sometimes you're speaking and you lose your train of thought. That is normal. But you said sometimes you have something in your hand and you don't remember what that is. That's not normal. But he gets all panicky. Like, oh, my God, are you getting like your mom? It's like, no. Well, it's not normal when you do it so much throughout the day. True. Uh, because I have friends that mean well say, oh, I forget stuff all the time. It's not quite the same thing. It is not quite the same thing. And uh, 
now I'm having one of those <laughs> moments where my mind has gone blank. Well, that's okay. I don't know where I was going to with anything. It's just, it's gone. Well, we've been talking a little over for an hour, so you've been doing great. <laughs> well, and, I guess it's gone now. <laughs> well, that happened, and I, I wish I remembered his name. When I was in college, I had a professor. He worked for the phone company, which my dad and my father-in-law both did. And he's lecturing, blah, 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 blah. Well, that brain cell died. And then he'd start in, like, on a different topic. Yeah. And we'd be like, uh... The previous stuff, is that going to be on the test? Do we need to, like, blow? <laughs> it yeah. was very frustrating. And now, and he probably wasn't much more than mid-40s, trying yeah. to think back. It's been a few years since I've been in college. And now I wonder, is, like, maybe he was having, I mean, it was a night class, so he might have been tired, and that happens to all of us occasionally. But I'm wondering now if he, how he is now, some yeah. 30 years he, later. He could he could, uh, that could have been the starting yeah. of dementia for him. The youngest one we have in a support group that we do Zoom meetings with is 32. Oh, good Lord. Yeah. And if there's a history of Alzheimer's in families, you can have genetic testing done if you wanted to, to be tested for the one gene that is the trait of it. That is, Alzheimer's is the only one that the, I believe that can be done with um, because I have a friend and his mother died from Alzheimer's and I think maybe aunts died with it. It was a, it was a family history. And so he finally was tested and he does not carry the genes. That's just good. So some people don't want to know, others do. Well, and knowing, because I actually had a guest ask me, and there are a lot of lifestyle things you can do, and you've probably done a lot of them. You know, exercise, eating properly, getting as good a night's sleep as possible, staying active with your advocacy. You're doing mm -hmm. well on that front. So there's a lot you can do to help slow the progression. So, yes, I would want to know. Excuse me. The neurologist that my mom is currently seeing, my grandmother had a brain aneurysm that leaked for three months. And I was always, well, I was told by my mom's general doctor that wherever the blood touches the brain, the brain is damaged, it doesn't recover. But she wouldn't have gotten worse, which she did. The neurologist said that's not necessarily the truth, that she, the aneurysm and the damage done to the brain because of the aneurysm might have caused her to go down the path that she did. So now I don't know, did my grandmother have Alzheimer's or did she just have this aneurysm? And I, we don't have any details about my great grandmother who passed away before I was born. Yeah. And I don't even think they knew about Alzheimer's. That would have, I was born in 66. So that's, I don't know, even know when they came up with that diagnosis. I might have to look it up. Um, so I haven't done the genetic testing yet. Um, cause one of the things too, is to get health insurance to pay for it. There's gotta yeah. be a good reason and blah, blah, blah. So it's crazy, but I really applaud you for helping educate people, which is why I wanted to talk to you today and advocating because caregivers need to learn all they can. Yeah. I've learned new things that have helped me approach the same situation with my mom in a different way. 
And sometimes it helps and sometimes it doesn't. But just knowledge doesn't hurt. No. You know, yes, there are times between spending time and caring for my mom and doing the podcast. It's like, okay, I feel like I've been all, all, all Alzheimer's all day. I need yeah. to do something different, you know, cause it can be a little heavy, yeah. but I feel better in the last year. Cause I started researching and, and recording episodes a year ago and the knowledge I've acquired has helped me help my mom, but it's helped me. So mm-hmm. it's definitely it's definitely important, and you have said things that I've never heard, so I'm hoping people take note. You know, I told my husband, I said, if I can help one person by doing these videos, by speaking out, uh, I said, then I'm thankful that I got to help one person. In September of last year, I was a guest speaker at an Alzheimer's Music Fest in Georgia. And I got to speak to the audience. And my husband said that he could tell by the looks on their faces that they had no idea about a lot of stuff I was saying. There was a lot of tears. Um, and I just, I just want people to try to understand that we're not deliberately doing these things. We have no control over it. We can still have a life. It's just not the life that we may have had before. Mm -hmm. But we still need human touch. We still need human interaction. Um, We're still us. Mm -hmm. It's in here somewhere. We're still us. And um, if people could change it, none of us would have it. None of us us want to leave our family behind. Um, I never dreamed that I would be diagnosed with this. Never dreamed. I just envisioned growing old with my husband. um, Our youngest son, he'll be 18 in February, and he's on the high-functioning end of the autism spectrum. He has taught himself to build computers and everything else. Very, very bright. Our 20-year-old... He has a lot of mental health issues. That's very challenging. So we have a very challenging household to live in. Uh, There's times when my brother with the vascular dementia, he's very argumentative. Um, But it's like he leads you into the argument. He'll ask a question, and if you answer, then he wants to argue about your answer. Well, he was right to start with, and... That stress, added stress on us, does no good for us. It can accelerate mm-hmm. the dementia. And um, there's times when I just have to come in my bed, in our bedroom, which is where I'm at now, and close the door just to get away from it all out there. I just have to have time to myself. And... Um, You know, we're just, we're fighting such a battle. We are, and our families are fighting it with us. They are. It's it's hard on the entire family to watch the changes that their loved one's going through and trying to provide for them. Mm-hmm. Our eating habits change. Uh, sometimes we just want nothing but sweets to live off of sweets. 
And I've uh, read caregivers say, well, I'm not letting her have that. She needs to eat a balanced meal. Why? If she wants sweets, let her have sweets. I know Um, if I don't get a good night's sleep, even mm -hmm. just one, my brain will tell me that it wants cookies and donuts and cake and just the crappiest high calorie energy foods because my brain is not rested and it's trying to get energy. And that's what it's telling me. It's like, I need energy. Dump in the sugar. It's like, no. Most of us with FTD, we crave either sweets or carbs or both. I could eat hot rolls coming out of the oven with butter just slathered on them all day long. I could too, but I I don't have FTD. (laughs) But, uh, you know, our taste buds are, are dying off is what's happening. Uh, we may not be able to taste nothing but the sweet stuff or the starchy foods. It's, uh, it's dying off. So our eating habits change. A lot of us put on a lot of weight because our brain is not telling us that we're full. Mm. We can eat and then turn around and eat a lot more because it's like you should feel full, but we don't. And we, it's just, when I say it affects every function of your body, it does. Um, I've been incontinent for going on three years, mm. uh, both bladder and bowel. So I've had to adjust to wearing adult diapers, briefs, whatever you want to call them, for almost three years. Um, Sometimes caregivers will think, well, he just sits there and poops himself, and I know he's just doing it. No, he's not. No, we're not. We're not. I'm not even aware a lot of times that I did that. And I've asked my husband, I'm like, how can that even be? How can I not know? And it's just, it's our body. Well, one so, of the, the best analogies that I ever had someone mention to me about um, dementias or Alzheimer's is they say picture a four drawer file cabinet and somebody and it's full and somebody opens the drawers reaches in and just flings papers out closes the drawers now you go in you have no idea that somebody has flung your papers everywhere and you go in and you don't even know what's missing and then you realize something's missing but you can't really figure out what's missing and that's what happens to the brain it's you know, it's misfiring. Yeah, it well, it's misfiring. Just bam, bam. You know, I get the most horrible headaches I've ever had in my life. Uh, they're dementia headaches. Nothing would help it. I have found CBD oil is the only thing that will knock this headache out. It will. It will almost take me down on my knees. That's how bad it hurts. Mm. And CBD oil is the only thing I have found, and it will knock it out in a matter of a few minutes. Um, now, is uh, medical marijuana legal in Kentucky? No. We is- keep fighting to get it, and they keep rejecting it. I don't so, understand that. They are, we're so backwards here, and I was born in Louisville. I mean, I'm a Kentucky native. But we are so backwards. We ha- we are number one in animal abuse. I mean, it's horrible, the stuff in this state. The, the mental health care is almost non-existent. Uh, medical care. I've got to pay 
Tuesday morning when I have my MRI, I've got to pay an almost $300 copay. Ouch. And if this wasn't something that my neurologist just feels it's really important to have at this point because of some of the things that's been going on with me, I wouldn't have it because that's money we could use towards a utility bill or something. Um, I, I have Medicare supplement insurance, but it's horrible insurance. We still have to pay out the wazoo for things. And I told my husband, I said, well, it's not like if there's something else going on or if it's worsened a lot that they can do about it. I said, this is the last one I'm going to have done because yeah. it's not going to change the outcome. My mom's got if, an, an MRI scheduled for a week from Monday. It was supposed to be January 21st, and then they called and said, oh, that's a federal holiday. And I'm like, yeah, well, you guys aren't federal. But no, <laughs> the doctor's office isn't open, which is frustrating because they said, oh, we didn't realize. I'm like, yes, you did, because when I made the appointment, I said, oh, that's a federal holiday. I don't have rotary that day. I can come in earlier. So in the course of scheduling the appointment, I told them it was a holiday, but it's okay. They worked with me. We're going the following well, Monday, the 28th. This but, is how crazy the insurance is. My neurologist wanted me to have the MRI done at the University of Louisville Hospital here. He's head of UofL's neurology department. Uh, he has written several books. He's very knowledgeable. UofL Hospital has the best MRI equipment in Louisville. My insurance company won't pay for that there. Uh, but he also has ordered an EEG. But they will pay for me to have the EEG done at UofL Hospital. My husband argued with them one day for hours on this. How, how come you'll pay for one test there, but you won't the other? It makes no sense. No. It's, and there's people living on their own with dementia that have to go through these battles with stuff that have no family. Uh, and they have to try to navigate all this junk. Hi, Jennifer. Hi. Is everything okay? Yes, everything is fine. Are you on your way to work? Yeah, yeah. How are the kids? Oh, they're doing fine. Busy as usual. I thought Pam was calling today. Don't you have a big meeting to be prepared for? Yeah, actually, I do. And, you know, checking in like this, there's got to be a better way. It's just, it's infuriating. My husband helps me with that because uh, 10 minutes into dealing with the insurance companies, I'm ready to, I'm ready to go find that illegal shotgun my dad had and just... <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and I'm not. We don't have guns in my house, but I just I cannot. There is crazy what they do. There's no rhyme or reason to that either. And I told my husband, I said, I'm the one with dementia, and it doesn't even it doesn't make sense to me because I know it doesn't make sense. Yeah, it's crazy. So where are you going to do the MRI? You're not going to do it at it's Louisville got, Hospital. It'll be done at Jewish Hospital instead. The equipment is not equivalent to what they have at UofL Hospital. And UofL Hospital also has um, oh, the radiologist that reads it. Okay. They, they have neurologists to actually read them 
that are radiologists, I guess. Which makes and sense. They can they can pinpoint, find more stuff, know what to look for. But because my insurance company is so stupid, they won't pay for me to go there. But they're going to pay for me to have my EEG done there. That's just that is dumb. My mom it has is. my mom has great insurance. Um, my like I said, my dad was an AT and T employee. And when he retired at the end of 1990, you know, oh, his, nobody, I'm not sure God can get insurance as good as my mom's got. Yeah. And it's, and physically, she doesn't really have physical issues. The one thing I have to, I have to write it down because I keep forgetting to do this. I need to call, they have um, like on site visits, house calls. And they keep, they've been bugging me to schedule a house call for my mom. It's like, no, I'm quite capable of taking her to the doctor, which is literally down the hill from my house. Of course, I have to go get her and come back this way. But um, she needs to have blood work done and she needs to fast for 12 hours. Well, that means basically making sure she doesn't, well, she probably doesn't, I know they eat dinner early and then I don't know if they have a snack. They always seem to have snacks after every meal. Yeah. Um, but if they could do a house call and go draw blood before she gets up and has breakfast, otherwise I'm not going to bother because, you know, I don't know how the staff would tell her, no, you can't eat. Yeah. Your daughter's going to come take you to the, to the lab. I mean, it's just, she wouldn't remember that. They'd have to keep telling her and Ugh. sounds like a, yeah. no. yeah. I know. I know the neurologist saw her, um, two year old, blood work and she was like yikes her cholesterol is not great and I'm like well you know <laughs> what are you gonna do I mean that's that's the only thing besides her memory that's bad that I'm aware yeah. of so we shall see what her MRI looks like that should be interesting I'll have to have she won't remember to hold still so I have to get a sedative from her neurologist to do the tests and that makes me a little nervous but it should be interesting but yeah. I will definitely be following you on Facebook and Twitter and watching your okay. videos. And can you send me a picture of you with the walker? Yes. Okay. Cause that would be good on my, my website for the podcast. Sounds yeah. cute. And like I said, I really appreciate you helping me educate people and I hope I'm helping you educate people. There's one thing I forgot to talk about. Okay. My medical alert bracelet. I got it off of Amazon. It has my name. It has uh, Louisville. It's got my husband's name and his phone number. And I've got on there Lewy body dementia and frontal temporal dementia in case I get into a really bad state of confusion and can't find him in the store or if I wander off, then it's got the medical emblem. I'm hoping that somebody will look at it and call my husband because even though I have a phone, there's been times when I haven't thought to even use it mm-hmm. to see where he was at in the store. Actually, so, I did an episode with a gal that had, there were more um, alerts for active people. Like mm-hmm. if you go out for a walk and something happens to you, it'll alert like it, it was like a fall sensor, but it was mm-hmm. it was a little bit more designed for active people. Right. It helped you stay active, and your medical alert bracelet looks a lot like my um, 
Oh boy, it's gonna slip my mind. I have one for cycling. It's got my mm-hmm. husband, my daughter's phone number on it, my name. Yeah. Oh, I can't believe I forgot the name of it, but it the um geez. <laughs> See, sometimes I forget things too. Um the guy that created them went out for a jog and his dad said something to him, and he was jogging and a car swerved around a corner and to avoid getting hit, he ended up flying into a ditch knocked himself out and as he woke up he remembered thinking that his dad had said something like take your phone or um you know some way he had no way of getting a hold of anybody and nobody knew who he was so he created bracelets that are really similar and it's going to really drive me bananas i'll have to go look at it and um road id there you go okay um, but they're similar, the rubber band, the rubber yeah. strap with the metal. And I've recommended those for people because they're comfortable and they're not something that you'd easily just slide off. Because I think my mom yeah. would take it off if she wasn't thinking about it. I I, ne- I leave mine on all the time. I shower with it on. I mean, yeah. it's, it's, it's held up. It's going to hold up. And it's just another way of protecting myself. Well, you're definitely inspirational because thank you. you're educating and advocating and doing everything you can. You didn't just throw your hands up and say, what can I do? And, you know, just deny. That, which, that's what bothers me if people newly diagnosed, if they don't know that there's support out there and that there's still, they can still do, do stuff, that they just give up. They just go home and give up. Mm-hmm. And that's when they're going to die probably relatively quick. Uh, I would like to see, and I think I put this on Twitter, every doctor's office, every neurologist's office to have information to hand someone with uh, support groups, with phone numbers to call, uh, to get them hooked up with these support uh, groups and and. Uh, that they can talk to other people that are going through this and they're not crazy. You know, they're not imagining this. They're not the only one in the world with this. There are about 8 million of us worldwide and over a million are being diagnosed every year. New ones. Well, the Alzheimer's association has that it's called Alzheimer's direct. The problem is, is getting doctor's offices um, dialed in. And I, as of the beginning of 2019, am now part of our state Alzheimer's advocacy, going to Uh our state advocacy day, um, February 5th. So that should be interesting. It's in Sacramento, California. And one of my goals is to help find a way to pair up doctors and their patients with that information. Because I know from last year when I talked to my mom's general physician I told him I said my sister and I need details mm-hmm. and so he gave me her diagnosis it was multiple pages and on one of the pages probably in the back it said that it was highly recommended that my parents go to the John Muir Senior Services which um, is part of the health plan they were part of at the time and I know for a fact that my parents did not do any of that and yeah. had they there's things my, you know, that I tried to help my dad with. I found and interviewed an adult day program so that he could have more 
you know, she could be with people like herself and he could have more time off. He wouldn't hear of it. I mean, it just, he just kind of folded in on the two of them and tried to handle everything himself. And then when his mind went bad and then he died, it's like, I don't know exactly how my sister felt, but I knew at the time I was like, my mom is a lot worse off than I thought. They'd been in their home for 47 years. And so she was kind of using muscle memory to do daily things. And once, you know, the system had been disrupted with caregivers and dad, you know, on hospice, she couldn't do that anymore. And then when he was gone, it was even worse. It was just like. Well, one thing my neurologist did because I was going through very, very bad bouts of depression, which is quite common with mm-hmm. dementia, and he referred me to a uh, uh, geriatric dementia psychiatrist, and uh, I see her about every two or three months, and she also put me on uh, medication for depression, but also she put me on medication for the hallucinations to try to help with that. That's good. And uh, I would highly recommend that. For anyone that's been diagnosed with dementia to get uh, connected with a uh, psychiatrist that is very knowledgeable about dementia because you will go through very bouts of very severe depression. That's, I, there's no way around it. That's just how it affects our brain. I believe that. Yeah. I, mean, I don't know how you couldn't. Well, you've been a yeah. wealth of information. Oh, thank you. I appreciated it, and thank you for having me. I'm a talker, so <laughs> that happens a lot. I've been trying to keep the episodes shorter, and I've been doing really good until you. <laughs> That's because I just got to keep blabbing. I'll remember something; it'll pop in my head, and I know if I don't say it, then I may not remember it for later. So well, I find it's very important to hear everybody's stories because they're all different and talking to somebody who's living with it and your experiences, you know, I'm hoping it will educate people so that you don't get stupid comments like you've been getting. Oh, we probably always will. I don't know. And we lose the filter to our brain. Yeah. My mom's filter starting to go. Yeah. And I went on a cussing tirade one day because a guy cut in front of us and almost made us wreck. And then he flipped us off, and I said words I didn't even know that I knew. And my husband, he was just like, (laughs) (laughs) I was saying, I would have put a sailor to shame. (laughs) Well, my mom hasn't gotten there, but she's lately, I'm going to have to approach how I say things differently because she's frequently saying, yes, boss, or yes, ma'am, or, or, oh, God, it drives me bananas when she says, yes, mother. Like, yeah, oh. you know, so I, and I'm our filters I'm going. <laughs> yeah, I'm not bossy, but it's like, you know, hey, let's go out to get some tea at Starbucks or let's go drive in the hills. Okay, but yes, boss, you know, like you need a jacket. Yes, boss. One thing I do want to tell people if uh, they're living with or living with dementia is if they do wander and get out of the house that they will usually, and this was taught to me, they will go in the direction, like if they're right-handed, they will go right. And if they're left-handed, they'll go left. Interesting. And that that's just something to keep in mind 
And um, also that if they're on foot, the longer that they're missing, it's not going to be a good outcome. Yeah. So. Well, that's really interesting about the, if they're right-handed, they have a tendency to go right, which kind of makes sense. Um, a friend of mine, he's an educator about dementia and Alzheimer's. He took, he was a caregiver for his dad and his mom who both had it. And um, he's very, very knowledgeable. And he's the one in one of his seminars that I learned that from about if they're right-handed, they're going to go to the right outside the home or left-handed to the left. And uh, he's training like sheriff's departments, police departments, EMS. I mean, he travels all over the United States training. That's awesome. I'm thinking about where my my parents' house, the driveway was to the left, the school was across the street to the left, my mom's right-handed. So I'm wondering if she would be the anomaly to that, what you just said, just because the grocery store, you'd have to turn left. I'm like, it's interesting. I wish I could have tested that theory. But my friend said that almost every time they will go, to whichever side of dominant hand that they that they have. Well, and I, I find that amazing. I find the brain fascinating. If I was good at science and half my age, I'd go into brain research. Yeah. Because it's just fascinating because there's it is. so much we don't know. I mean, we, we know, I'm not sure we don't even know what we don't know about the brain. It's just, we know so much, but we don't know very much about the brain. And I just find it fascinating Usually they can't not give you, other than Alzheimer's, a definitive diagnosis of the dementias until you die and your mm-hmm. brain can be autopsy. That is the only way they can definitively tell you. That was like with Robin Williams. Mm-hmm. So, I'm going, Robin Williams didn't live far from where I'm at. Yeah. Um, I am going to donate my mom's brain to science because I think it's important. I think she'd agree with that. I mean, I don't think she'd care at the end, but yeah. um, I can't ask her. Well, I could, but maybe I will just to see what reaction I get. Because um, there's a I lot of times she says, oh, my memory's just not very good. And it's so hard not to laugh or I've say. Told my, I've told my husband and friends that uh, when I die, I'm going to be cremated, which we've decided on that. And I want my ashes scattered. Uh, but I said, right before I die, if I'm aware, I'm going to swallow a bag of popcorn kernels and then we put me in. <laughs> when you're cremating me, it would just be a big party. <laughs> oh, that's the funniest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> pow, 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 pow. I'm going to have to ask our uh, our family friend who is a funeral director, I'm going to tell him you said that and ask him what he thinks might happen because I'm morbidly curious that way. But I think that's that's the funniest thing I've heard for a long time. Yeah, I think it's funny. Well, and I I tell people, you know, you got to find the humor. You know, there's I didn't go see mom because I was sick. And I, it's just like, one, I didn't want to bring the cold germs in to their place. But I knew I just didn't have the patience. I'm like, I can't. Because my husband's like, well, what are you going to do with mom's family? I'm like, I just can't. Yeah. And I feel guilty about it. And so I was glad they 
postponed the MRI because now we can do something fun on Monday. Yeah. But, Laughter is so important with oh, this definitely. journey. My husband and I, we laugh about stuff every day. I laugh at myself. That's and always he, good. He just cracks up because I'll get words backwards or I'll say words that that's not what it's supposed to be or I, I transpose the letters and stuff and it's just it's nuts. But we do. We laugh every day. We have to. Yeah, I try to I try to make my mom laugh. I try to give her, you know, an afternoon of fun and adventure and you know, there's not a lot I can do. She's sometimes we just want want you to hold our hand. Yeah, we do that just too. Hold our hand. I always give out hugs when I'm there. And when I leave I give everybody hugs because I, I watch old I watch old westerns all day. My husband found a channel on TV because I grew up with westerns. My dad was a cowboy. We lived in Colorado for eight years, and uh, we lived on ranches. And I love these old westerns. I watch them all day. That that's my TV shows, and I can pick out faces. And I'll say, "Well, that's so and so. That's so and so." And Eric said, it amazes him that I can do that, but I can't remember what I did five minutes ago. Yeah, that is fascinating. I tried that experiment with my mom taking her her wedding album um, with me one afternoon, and she recognized herself and my dad and the parents, but not her siblings and none of the cousins. There was people in the pictures I didn't know, and I was hoping she could tell me who they were. And that was yeah. not happening. Um, but, yeah, so her, her memory is not good. Long-term, short-term, it's all bad. Yeah. So we just go and, you know, like I said, because I go on Monday afternoons, I rarely see any other family members. Yeah. So I try to give hugs and help. And like I said, that's, I take, that's great. take that the two is. Dianes out. People think I'm crazy because I take the two. The I, two think it's, I think it's wonderful. Yeah. You know, they're both very, you know, neither one of them need walking aids. So it's not, it's not difficult to take them out. It's just, you have to pay a little more attention to both of them. Yeah. Um, so, but I loved our conversation today. It must be getting a little bit late. Let's see, you guys are two hours ahead of me. It's, uh, well, I have trouble telling time. I've so got says- a digital clock in. I'm looking at the numbers, but I can't comprehend. Does it say what that time it actually is two forty-six? It's got three four seven. Oh, okay, so you're three hours ahead of me. Okay, yeah, because yeah. it's twelve forty-five here. It's lunchtime, and now one of my dogs is barking. So <laughs> <laughs> that's why I came in here hoping they'd be quiet out there. Ah, <laughs> uh, well, my office is in the front of the house. And I have three golden retrievers. And if the neighbor's working on his front yard, they bark constantly. So I finally gave up and I, I do these recordings in my closet. Yeah. <laughs> and because I'm a photographer, this is an extra background. It's just hanging up so that you don't have to look at my closet. <laughs> well, I will send you a picture of me with my walker. I have okay, several okay. of them, I think. I'll, I'll email you so you don't have to try to remember. All right, then. That's great. <laughs> All righty. Well, you have a fantastic rest of the weekend, and I appreciate this great conversation. Yeah, me too. All righty. Bye.
I want to give Janice a great big thank you, sharing what she's going through, what it's like living in a brain suffering from dementias is truly very helpful to those of us caring for people like her. I got a lot out of it, and I've been doing this a long time with my mom, so I'm sure it's helpful to all of you. So thank you, Janice, and I'm going to keep in touch because she was funny. That's the best reason to keep in touch. Hi, Jen. Sorry about the confusion this morning. I don't know why we keep getting mixed up like this, but I did do some research and I found the perfect app, I think, to solve our problems. It's called uh, I'm Up. It's a way that mom can check in with us at the push of the button on her phone. Wow, that sounds interesting. Tell me about it. It's really simple and kind of perfect for us. Mom just puts her info in and then one of our contact numbers at a time of day when we want her to check in and taps a big red button when it comes up. And then whatever contact she puts in gets a text message. If she doesn't check in, the contact will be alerted, and if there's no continued contact, like she doesn't ever get back to us, then emergency services get called. Huh, that sounds fantastic. How much does that cost? It's only $4.99 a month, which is pretty reasonable, all things considered. Uh, with this version, you get all kind of great options. You can program it for one to three check-ins. There's multiple emergency contacts. So the whole family or even a neighbor could get one. There's even a pet registry to store important information about the dog, including what you want to do after you pass away. Also, there's an estate directory that allows you to have all of the estate information in one place, which is pretty awesome. Power of attorney info and anything someone might need if you're incapacitated or worse. Sign us up. I'm assuming you get that through the App Store. I'm downloading it now. After you download the I'm Up app from your favorite App Store, use invite code 006. That way the fine folks at I'm Up know that you heard about them from Fading Memories. Thanks for tuning in to Fading Memories, and as always, I'll be in your ears again next Tuesday. If you enjoyed this episode and found it helpful, please take a moment and give us a positive rating and review. Ratings and reviews are how new listeners find us, and I can't be a supportive podcast if people don't know I exist.